Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. To the book of Judges, the book of Judges chapter 6. We want to encourage you uh, to begin to pray for uh, this uh, outreach that we're doing, Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, an outstanding uh, opportunity to invite people. There are going to be prayer cards that are going to be passed out, uh, and we trust that you will put uh, some specific people on those, begin to pray for them, and begin to uh, uh, plan for that. In the book of Judges is uh, one of the most interesting stories in the Bible. Many believers fail to ever rise to the potential They never reach the destiny that God has for them. They do not understand the dynamics that are involved. They have a misunderstanding about God's working and about his potential for their lives. I was reading uh, just last week, I think it was, an interesting statement. It said, God does not speak to us uh, from our fears, from our failures, uh, from our flaws, but God speaks to us from our destiny. That was a very interesting statement. I pondered that and began to think about that. And I believe that in the book of Judges, chapter 6, we're going to find a very encouraging and a very powerful statement for all of us as we're here. Beginning with verse 11, this is a story of Gideon, uh, one of the uh, outstanding judges in biblical history. Follow with me as I read verse 11, Judges, chapter 6. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiah's right, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, say, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. I want to preach to you tonight on breakthrough to destiny for you personally sitting here in this building tonight. I want to talk to you for a moment about the issue of destiny. Destiny, if we put it in a nutshell, is the will of God for you this evening sitting in this building. Let me give you a, a couple of technical definitions. The dictionary says uh, the destiny is the power 
that foreordains the course of events uh, or the lot of a person regarded as decided by this power. To give it a uh, functional uh, statement, we could say this is a place and a function that God has ordained for each person who is a believer and towards which he moves them over the period uh, of a lifetime. Many, many Christians fall short uh, of the purpose and the destiny uh, that God has ordained for them. And I want to examine this story to point out, because here this is demonstrated. Here is Gideon, and as Gideon there, the Midianites have gained dominion over the land. They are an oppressed people. Uh, They have brought them into a cruel lifestyle. Gideon is hiding in the wine press. Uh, He's threshing out uh, a little bit of wheat to be able to survive, and he's in fear of the Midianites that they'll find him and that they will do him away or at the very least will take what he's trying to do. And the focus of Gideon is not revival. The focus of Gideon is survival. That's his mindset. And as he's there, God looks upon this man. He has a destiny for this man. And as he has a destiny for this man, he speaks to him. He sees him not in the circumstances that he's in, but he sees him from his destiny. And in the light of his destiny, he speaks to him. And I want to consider that for a moment. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, speaks about Jeremiah and says these words tonight. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet unto the nations, do not say, verse 7, I'm a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, that you will speak. Now think about that for a moment. Jesus said to the disciples, you've not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now framed in those statements is a very powerful revelation because God speaks to us from our destiny, uh, not from our fear, not from our failure, not from our weakness, but he speaks to us uh, from our destiny. We have a man named Moses. The Bible says one day he is uh, herding sheep uh, on the backside of the desert. Uh, He observes a bush that is burning, uh, but as he observes that, uh, commentators say this was not unusual because from time to time through spontaneous heat, Uh, of the Egyptian desert uh, that uh, bushes might burn because of a spontaneous ignition. But he sees this, and as he observes this, uh, it's not being consumed. uh, And the Bible says he turns aside uh, to see what this is. It's burning, but it's not being consumed. And as he does that, God speaks to him these words. uh, He said, I'm going to send you to deliver my people. And Moses said in Exodus 3.11, Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So here again, we find this interesting phenomenon that God speaks to people, not from their weakness, not from their personal circumstances, not from their failure, not from their fears, 
but for the purpose uh, that he has uh, for their lives. Uh, and when he spoke to Moses, Moses said, uh, uh, God, they're not going to believe me. And when I go and say that God's appeared to me in a burning bush, uh, uh, they're not going to believe me, uh, but God reassured him, this is what I have for you, and this is what I'm going to do. Joseph, the Bible says, is a dreamer. You know the story. He's a boy, young man at least, and uh, as he's uh, there one day, he uh, has a dream. And in that dream, he dreams that they're threshing, uh, shocks of wheat is being uh, laid out over the field. And in this dream, uh, all the shocks of wheat of his family are bowing down uh, to him uh, and are in obeisance to Joseph. Uh, and this is a thrilling event to him. He goes to his brothers and says, guess what? I had this tremendous dream. We're reaping. And as we're there in the field and we're putting these shocks of wheat up, uh, all your shocks of wheat begin to bow down and do obeisance to me and recognize me as in dominion over you. Isn't that a wonderful dream? They said, no, that's not a wonderful dream. We don't like that dream at all. And then the Bible says that Joseph dreamed it yet again. And in this dream, he saw the sun and the moon and the stars, and, and all they bowed down uh, and gave obeisance to him and recognized his dominion. Uh, and uh, they told him that dream, uh, and the Bible says they hated him uh, for this dream. Uh, but God spoke this to him, uh, and as he spoke this to him, uh, he gave him uh, this revelation. It was 21 years before this dream came to pass, uh, he now has been elevated to second in, uh, uh, in Egypt, uh, and this dream came fully to pass uh, as it was spoken. Uh, and as he said that, uh, this then was speaking out of his destiny that God had given to him uh, and not of his weakness uh, or out of his fears. We have the story of Samson. You know the story before Samson was ever born. An angel appears to his mother and father uh, and said, I'm going to give you a child, uh, and this child uh, is going to be a Nazarite from, his, uh, from, from the day of his birth. Uh, you don't drink any alcoholic beverage. You be very careful how you, uh, 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 how you conduct yourself. Uh, and uh, God spoke about this man uh, before he was ever born. We have the story of John the Baptist. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that Zechariah, his father, uh, had a revelation from God, an angel spoke to him, said, I'm going to give you the prayers that you've been praying for 35 years. I'm going to give you a son and you're going to call his name John. And the Bible says that he promised he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Now think about that. Here are the two figures. Not even born yet, uh, but they have a destiny in God. Uh, God speaks uh, uh, about their destiny. Uh, and in the case of Samuel, the Bible says that the Spirit of God began to move him uh, in the camp of Dan long before this was fully fulfilled. Uh, and the Bible says that Mary, when she uh, was, uh, was uh, with the child of the Holy Ghost, went down to visit Decariah's wife, Elizabeth. Uh, and as she spoke to her, the Bible Bible says that the babe leaped in the womb, and here it came to pass. He's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Now picture this. Uh, here, picture this picture. Here's Mary, and she brings a greeting to Elizabeth, and suddenly the child inside is filled with the Holy Ghost. Can you picture this event now? Long before ever born, 
long before God is moving and the Spirit of the Lord spoke. Here's Gideon. Gideon, the Bible says, Gideon, you're going to have a glorious destiny. Gideon, I want to say to you, you are a mighty man of valor and you're going to have a tremendous destiny. And God spoke to him before he was ever fulfilled in this. So this brings us a challenge tonight, if you follow me. And this challenge is to believers because many Christians have never fulfilled the destiny that God has for them. And most people must come to an understanding. You have to look past your present circumstances. You have to look past your weakness. You have to look past your failures. And you have to believe God. Here is Gideon. The angel comes to him. And as he pronounces this, he says to him, why has all this befallen us? He's in fear. He's hiding from the Midianites. He's in bondage. Their nation has been brought into dominion and bondage. He's in poverty with the rest of the people. And in the midst of these events, the angel of God speaks to him about his destiny. And when he does this, then immediately he says, where all the miracles uh, that our Father spoke to us about. Uh, and here we have uh, an examination that we need to bring. Some of you sitting in this building tonight, you've begun to feel. I've had a number of men that have come to me and said, uh, Pastor, uh, I uh, at one time felt I was called to preach and I feel those stirrings coming back again. Uh, but how, uh, where you are tonight, uh, uh, you're not seeing that come to pass uh, and you have to look beyond your failure, look beyond your fears, look beyond the present circumstances and there may not be any personal experience at the moment of God moving just like in Gideon. God speaks to Gideon and says, Hail Gideon, you mighty man of valor, you're going to go and you're going to bring a deliverance to the people of God. And Gideon says, listen, I'm not experiencing anything now. I'm not seeing any moving of God. I'm not seeing anything that brings me to understand that's going to come to pass. Some of you are here after a wonderful revival that we had with Jerry Fussell. You're sitting here tonight uh, and you're saying, I didn't get no word. Uh, Pastor, what are you talking about? We had, we had a man of God here, and uh, many people received a word from God. I didn't get no word from God. And so as you're sitting there, uh, you're perhaps frustrated at this uh, situation, uh, and you're saying, I didn't experience uh, what, uh, but God speaks to Gideon uh, and says to him, I'm not speaking to you from your experience. I'm speaking to you from your destiny uh, And this is what you need to understand and you need to come to grips with this because real faith is something that you do. Listen to these words. The angel speaks to him. Go in this your might. Now think about that. Here he is. He's hiding. He's threshing out some wheat. You mighty man of valor, you go. And this this doesn't fit the picture at all. Can you say amen? But God says to him, I want you to go and I want you to act upon what I say. I want you to believe me. You, Gideon, are a mighty man of valor, a man of power. I want to tell you tonight, you are what God says you are. Are you listening to me? Tonight, you are what God says you are. 
You are not what the devil says you are, and you can do what God says uh, that you can do. Listen to 1 John 3, verse 2. John wrote to people just like you and I, and he says, Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So here we have a challenge from the prophet of God, John, who writes this. He's writing to people, and as he's writing to these people, they no doubt were under the crush of the circumstances of the moment, over under the feeling of the hour, and as they were there, they didn't feel like they were the children of God. Perhaps things were taking place that brought certain circumstances to them that they didn't feel. And this is why John writes and says, Beloved, now are we the children of God. And I want to say to you tonight, as you're sitting in this building, you are what God says you are. You're not what the devil says you are. You can do what God says you can do. And he speaks to you out of your destiny, not out of your failure, not out of your weakness, not out of your fear or your uncertainty. Think about Peter for a moment. Here's Peter. He's at Caesarea Philippi, the northern part of Israel. And Jesus said, whom... Do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And uh, uh, some said, uh, you're Elijah, you're uh, uh, risen from the dead, or, uh, or so on. And he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, uh, the Son of the living God. Uh, and Jesus spoke back these words, listen to it. Uh, Blessed are you, Peter. Uh, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father is in heaven. Uh, and I say to you, you are Petros. Do your Bible study, uh, which literally means a massive stone. You have made this confession. You recognize who I am. Uh, and as you've made this confession, I say to you, because of that confession uh, and all who will make that confession, uh, you're a massive stone. Uh, you were a little stone. That's what the, the, that's what the word Peter means. Uh, but I want to say to you, uh, you are a massive stone. Uh, and upon this confession and this truth and revelation, I'll build my church uh, and the gates of hell uh, will not uh, prevail against it. Now think about this for a moment. Here is the Lord speaking to him and saying to Peter, Peter, stay the course. See, this is the same guy uh, that a little while before uh, Jesus is beginning to say, uh, I'm, I'm going to go up and so on and so forth. Not so, Lord, not so. This is big mouth, you know, his foot in the mouth. This is Peter. And the Lord doesn't speak to him from his failure. He speaks to him from his destiny. This is the guy uh, that when the Lord uh, is uh, crucified the night before, uh, he is uh, denying the Lord. And, but here uh, the Lord doesn't speak to him about that. He speaks to him about his destiny uh, and what he can become and what he's going to become in God. Uh, and as he speaks to him, he speaks to him from his destiny, not from his failure. And we see this throughout the scripture. Hebrews uh, puts this in perspective uh, for us tonight. And believers in Jesus Christ fulfill a prophetic dimension. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 8 and verse 18, the Bible says, Here am I, 
and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. So here is a prophecy from Isaiah. 700 years before the birth of Christ, uh, Isaiah looks down through the centuries. Uh, he sees people that are going to believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, and he says, these people are people uh, who have moved into a dimension where God uh, can raise them up into a spiritual and miraculous dimension. Uh, and as he says that, uh, he fulfills a prophecy uh, in Hebrews chapter uh, uh, chapter. Uh, uh, 2 verse 13, uh, uh, Hebrews says, Here am I and the children whom God has given me. We, this evening, setting this building, are the people of prophecy. Do you believe that tonight? We are the people of prophecy. We're the people that the Bible speaks about, uh, and the Scripture lets us to understand uh, that we can be who God has said we can be. We can do what God said we can do, uh, and we can be all the fulfillment uh, that God has proclaimed. Now think with me for a moment. Uh, here's Jesus, uh, and he's giving a mandate uh, to the disciples. Uh, and as he gives this mandate to them, think about this. They have no buildings. There is no buildings. They have no finances. They have no connection with any government authority or any power base. They're just simply a group of disciples that have been three years with the Lord Jesus. Many of them are nothing more than fishermen and at the, at the, at the low part of society. But as he speaks to them in Matthew 28, 19, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Or in other words, he's saying to them, this is your destiny. You can do this. Can you grasp that for a moment? Here they are. They, as they're there, they, they have seen their leader crucified. As they're there, they have been dishonored, as it were, because here they've given their lives to this. But he's been crucified. Now he's risen from the dead. And he says to them, you can do this. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Make disciples of all nations. No buildings. They have no money. They have no political connections. They're just simply a little handful and a group of believers. But he said, you can do this. I don't know if you can get your mind around that. Can you grasp uh, that in 1978, uh, a little church in Prescott, Arizona, believed uh, what God said he could do, uh, sent a worker into Perth, West Australia, 1978. Uh, and can you believe uh, that uh, these people believed uh, that they could plant churches uh, and these churches could plant churches and those churches could plant churches and those churches could plant churches and they could do what God said that they could do. I don't know if you can get your mind around that, but this fits our text tonight. God said to Gideon, you can do what I say you can do. Go in this your might. Now, I want to bring to you a little bit of challenge tonight because what we have here is the God factor. You must factor in God when you begin to consider the destiny 
that God has for you. The Christian uh, uh, faith uh, in many places has been nothing more than a, a religious club gathered together, making uh, religious statements, singing religious songs, uh, uh, mouthing out religious cliches, uh, and that's about all it amounts to. Uh, but I want you to focus on this because we have to factor God uh, into what we're saying tonight. I said, you can be who God says you can be. Can you, do you believe that tonight? You can do what God says you can do. God appears to Gideon. He does not speak to him out of his weakness, out of his circumstances, out of his poverty, out of his fear, out of his failure, out of his unbelief. He speaks to him out of his destiny and says to Gideon, Gideon, I want you to believe that you can be what I have said that you can be. As we come to this, there's a factor that you need to factor into this and consider for a moment which is the big picture. God said to Solomon a tremendous word. He said to Solomon when he came to, uh, uh, to leadership, he said, uh, Solomon, ask me, what do you want? Now think about it. If God came to you tonight and said to you, what do you want? Ask me and I'll give you. What would you say tonight? If God came to you and said to you, I want you to search your heart uh, and I want you to say to me tonight, what is it that you want tonight? And here's Solomon. God appears to him and said, Ask, what shall I give you? Listen to these words in the book of 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 9. Here is his answer. Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil who is able to judge this great people of yours. When, get, uh, when uh, Solomon made that statement, uh, God spoke back to him and said to him, uh, because you have not asked for riches, because you have not asked uh, for uh, the death of your enemies, uh, because you have not asked for any of these things, but you have asked uh, for wisdom and understanding to lead your people, uh, then I want to tell you, I'm going to give you wisdom and understanding, but I'm also going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you dominion. I'm going to give you all the things that you didn't ask for because your priority was the priority that I have. Now, never forget this uh, this evening uh, because all that God is doing focuses uh, right on that dimension. We sing a chorus uh, in America. Let me read you the uh, the words of this course are a beautiful course. It uh, doesn't fit every occasion, but many it does. This course goes with these words. With our lips, let us make one confession. With our hearts, hold to one truth alone. He has erased our transgressions, uh, named us, uh, and called us his own, his very own. We're the people of God, called by his name. Call from the dark, uh, and delivered from shame, one holy race, saints, everyone, because of the blood of Christ Jesus, the Son. Now, having said that, let us bring this then to the priority that God has, which obviously is the people of God. This is where his heart is, and this is what we need to understand what he's doing. We need to be committed. We need to be involved with the people of God, Gideon, uh, God said to Gideon, you will save 
the people. Listen to these verses, Judges 6, 12 and 16. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. In verse 16, And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Now, you're not going to discover your destiny with a passive mindset. Many times people uh, uh, have this misunderstanding. Uh, I'm going to come to church, and if God wants me, here I am. Uh, But unless he moves upon me, unless I uh, get this fantastic uh, experience, uh, unless I get this or I get that, then uh, I'm not going to do anything. uh, But you'll never discover your destiny with a passive mindset. Let's follow through this story. Here's a man that's timid. You can go through all the fleece stuff and all this business. But we find this man, he moves on the statement that God has given to him. And he goes up and, uh, and uh, investigates the camp of the Midianites at night. He wants to spy out the territory. He wants to see he's moving towards this. Uh, and he wants to see what the circumstances are. While he's there... He hears the guards at the Midianite camp. Uh, one guard's talking to another and said, I had a, I had a, 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 I had a dream last night. And he said, this dream, here's this loaf of bread, and it's rolling down the hill, and it crushed this tent. And as he told this to the other fellow, the other fellow says, this is nothing more than the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now think about that for a moment. He goes up, he's just trying to see kind of the lay of the land. He's moving towards this, uh, and he's not just sitting passively, but he's moving to try to discover, spy out the land, uh, and God goes before him, uh, and this tremendous dream uh, that this man has, uh, he repeats to his fellow, and this fellow interprets that uh, and says, this is nothing more than the sword of the Lord uh, and of Gideon, uh, and Gideon knew that God was with him uh, because he moved for God. Listen to Judges 7 uh, and, uh, and, uh, and verse 14 for a moment. Says then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Now God has a purpose for you in this building tonight. He has a destiny for you. In the book of Second Timothy 1 verse 9 says, He who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And the Bible says, when Gideon went up and obeyed God, the Lord set every man's sword against another. They didn't even have to fight because God had move before them. Now, you and I sitting in this building, God has a purpose uh, for you and I. He has a destiny for you. He has something towards which uh, he has been moving you towards uh, as an individual sitting in this building, uh, and you must pursue that. Uh, you cannot simply sit uh, and accept God uh, to bring that to pass uh, without you moving in faith uh, to bring to pass uh, his purpose. You must contend for this. Now think about this for a moment, uh, because the kingdom of God is a, uh, is a conquest. It is not an occupation. We don't just simply occupy territory. Okay, we've got, uh, we're here in Morley, 
and uh, we're here in Beachboro, and this has come to pass. You have to uh, grab, uh, grasp the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is aggressive. Uh, it is conquest. It's not just occupying territory. It's a call to possess uh, and to go out. Listen to Mark 16 in verse 20. Uh, as the Bible says, they went out uh, and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word uh, through the accompanying signs. Uh, amen. One translator said, they worked, uh, and as they worked, uh, the Lord worked. Think about the apostle for a moment uh, as I spoke to them early. Here they are in Jerusalem. And as they're in Jerusalem, Jesus has risen from the dead. They're a very small group of common people just like you and I. And Jesus says to them, go into all the world and make disciples. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, Matthew says. And the Bible says that they believed that they could do what he said that they could do. And history has written that they did. I was some years ago preaching in Madras, India. I think they call it Chennai now. And in Madras, India, was where Thomas, one of the disciples, uh, was preaching uh, on the Coromandel coast to the wild natives there and was speared through preaching the gospel. And far, far from Jerusalem, he carried the gospel. And there still is to this day Thomasite churches uh, in the area of, uh, of uh, Madras, India, uh, because of the impact that this man made. They went to Spain. Uh, they went to all the areas of Africa. They went up into Europe. Uh, uh, they went to these places and preached the gospel. Uh, and history has written, uh, as these people believed that they could do what God called them to do, the Lord fulfilled that, uh, and history has written that down. Now, you and I sitting here tonight, uh, God's challenge uh, is to look beyond your weakness and your fear and your failure and your own perspective of yourself and believe what God has said about you. God says uh, you can do what I've called you to do. Do you believe that tonight? God says you can uh, do what I've called you to do. You can be the people that I've called you to be, uh, but you have to rise up past your fears, your failures, uh, and allow God to speak to you from your destiny, and your be destiny is a child of God, uh, and you have to rise to that. One story in conclusion. This story is about William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. You can go to almost any city in the world uh, and you'll find a building uh, where the Salvation Army functions today uh, as a residue of the tremendous impact that William Booth made upon our world. William Booth was walking through the streets of London and as he was walking through the streets of London, uh, uh, there was a horrible condition there of alcoholism. People were drunk, laying in the streets. Children were able to uh, obtain alcohol uh, from the bar, uh, get on a bar stool and buy it. Children were drunken. It was a horrible, horrible condition. There was a devastation of society in the streets of London. Uh, and William Booth is walking through the streets. He's looking at this, uh, and he's moved by God. And as he's moved by God, uh, he went back to his wife, and he said to his wife, Dear... I have found our destiny. He began at that point uh, working with desperate people uh, who were bound by uh, alcohol, uh, 
who were homeless people whose lives were devastated. Uh, and this man, as he begun a ministry of the Salvation Army, made such an impact uh, that when this man died, all of England uh, honored this man and honored the impact that he had made uh, upon society. As you're sitting here tonight, uh, you may not be called to what William Booth was called to, but you're called to something. Can you say amen? You're called to something. God has a destiny for you, and that destiny is something that he speaks to you out of that destiny, not out of your fear, not out of your failure, not of your, uh, not of your uh, devastation, maybe your failure of your past. He speaks to Peter. Peter, he did not speak to Peter out of his past or out of his failure. He spoke to him about what he could become. Uh, and he said, Peter, because you have made that confession, uh, because you have believed on me, uh, I want to tell you, I'm going to build my church uh, upon that confession and the gates of hell will not prevail uh, against it. I want you to bow your head for a moment tonight uh, as we uh, draw this to conclusion uh, this evening. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.